from him who is one with the Father and reigns over heaven and earth for us, and from him who promises that no one or nothing will ever snatch you out of his hand. From him be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this morning is our gospel lesson that we just read a few moments ago. I'm wondering if you were on a road trip and you suddenly encountered a sign with flashing lights, bold letters, very serious, that said, now entering the valley of the shadow of death. And it really meant it. What would you do? Most of us would turn around, make a U-turn, get out of there as fast as we could because we don't want to have anything to do with words that sound like valley or shadow or death. As human beings, we'd much rather be on mountaintops and see the grandeur and the beauty. We'd rather have triumph in life than valley or shadow or death. This past week, in preparation for Good Shepherd Sunday, I was reading a devotion on Psalm 23, and it suggested that we would have a much easier time if when we were on a road trip, we would encounter a sign that said something like this, now entering the place of no fear. That's apparently how King David, the great Old Testament shepherd, viewed this valley where that great enemy called death makes its home. It's a place where David can confidently fear no evil, surprising him from the shadows, where those immovable, shadow-casting mountains are no longer seen as a challenge to be scaled, where that valley, that shadow, that death does nothing to drive him to fear or trouble or anxiety. So how do we get to that point? How do we get to the point where there is no fear? Where we walk through life boldly and confidently? Where we climb the highest mountain and teeter off the side, not worrying about it one bit, or dive down into the deepest dark valley and do either one of those things without ever being afraid, without any kind of worry, without any kind of anxiety? Well, Psalm 23 reminds us that we get to that point when we remember, when we realize, when we recognize four words. Thou art with me. Thou art with me. I am not alone. In fact, the good shepherd, the one who provides everything I need, is the one who is not just guiding me, but he's the one who is as close to me as the air that I breathe. Nothing can separate me from him, not even death. He is my friend. He's my companion, my guide. He doesn't condemn me when I'm afraid or when I fear. Instead of just cheering me on from the top of the mountain, he comes down from that mountain. He comes alongside me to protect me and to give me someone to lean on. Which brings us to the incredible words that Jesus speaks to us in today's text. In the gospel lesson, words from the good shepherd himself, he tells us two things that bring us comfort and peace when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And we all do. Whenever we walk through that, wherever it might be, 
Jesus gives us two words today. And the first comes at the very end of the text when he says, I and the Father are one. And just before that, he says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them the gift of eternal life and they will never perish and no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. Two words, I and the Father are one, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Now, in order to speak, in order to understand a little bit better what Jesus is saying to us today, we need to understand that Jesus is saying these words in the text right smack in the middle of Hanukkah. This is the only time in the Bible when Hanukkah is mentioned at all. And you need to know a little bit of the background of Hanukkah in order to understand the importance of the words that Jesus is speaking in this text today. Hanukkah is a result of the history of the Jews a couple hundred years, a few hundred centuries leading up to the time of Jesus. It was during that time that the Greeks ruled over the Jews. They had suppressed them and oppressed them, and their oppressive leader was named Antiochus Epiphanes IV. And Antiochus Epiphanes IV hated the Jewish religion. He wanted to cram the Greek religion down the Jews' throats. He did everything he could to get rid of their religion, and he did anything and everything he could to introduce Greek religion to the Jews to the point that he even one day set up an altar in the temple in Jerusalem to the Greek god Zeus. Can you imagine what that meant to the Jews and the sanctity of that incredible structure? Well, in that time, along came a family called the Maccabees. And the Maccabees, the name Maccabee means hammer. And the Maccabees were able to, with the help of a group of insurgent people overcome the rule, almost miraculously, overcome the rule of the Greeks and defeat Antiochus Epiphanes. They won the victory, they won independence, and they reconsecrated the temple. And so in celebration of all that, they wanted to light the menorah in the temple in Jerusalem, and they only had enough oil for the temple, for the menorah to be lit for one day. And miraculously, the light of the menorah lasted for eight days. And out of that came what we now know as Hanukkah, the eight-day festival of light. Well, now, at the time of Jesus, the Jews were waiting for another Messiah because another kingdom had come in to oppress them, the kingdom of the Romans. They wanted rescue from that oppression, and so some were hoping that this Jesus was the one who was going to do that, that he was going to be the new hammer to get out from under the thumb of the Romans. And that's why the Jews that day say to Jesus, if you are the Christ, if you are the Messiah, the rescuer, the hammer, Tell us plainly. And he doesn't answer them the way they want or the way they're expecting. Instead, he tells them that he is a feeding, healing Messiah, shepherd. The kind of Messiah who saves and rescues his people from fear, 
from spiritual oppression, from the valley of the shadow of death. In other words, he is a, a, a Messiah who hammers down sin and death and the devil. He is the Messiah who brings more than eight days of light. He is the light of the world. Now, one of the problems that we modern Christians have is that we far too often and too consistently see Jesus more as our brother, our peer, our teacher. We think we can learn from him, but when it comes to protection, when it comes to really knowing and having forgiveness, when it comes to true and certain rescue, well, we're not quite sure about that. We're not quite sure that Jesus can really do those things. And if he does, well, come on, Jesus, do it. We're still waiting. And that's when fear and worry and anxiety rears its ugly head in our lives. And we begin to shepherd our own lives. And then we wonder why Jesus isn't there to help us. Or we seek him out only when we're in a really, really desperate place. In that valley of the shadow of death. That kind of attitude, that kind of action is called sin. It's self-centered. It forgets that Jesus plainly says, I and the Father are one. In other words, Jesus' hand is as good as the Father's hand. And his hand holds you tight. It grips you. He grips you with a love that knows no bounds and that is deeper than the deepest depths, even deeper than the valley of the shadow of death. The Jews that day recognized the audacity of what Jesus was saying because in the very next verse after our text, they pick up stones to kill him, to stone him. Well, they weren't successful that time. They couldn't do it that day, but later on, before Pilate, they try it again, and we all know that that time they get their way. And so Jesus is crucified on the cross for their sins, for your sins, for mine, so that all of them are wiped away and washed away. And here's the point. Jesus is one with the Father. He is the eternal Lord and ruler over all things for you. And the evidence of that is Easter. He is risen again from the dead. Had Jesus not risen, the claim that he made that day would have faded just as any other self-proclaimed Messiah. But we are still in the season of Easter. We live as Easter people and Jesus is still risen. He lives and reigns and rules eternally, which means that Jesus was not crazy, that he is our Savior, that he is the one who with the Father rescues us and saves us and forgives us and loves us. And yes, he is still dangerous too, especially for those who do not hear and listen to his voice. So what is Jesus' relationship with his followers? To those who hear his voice, which is what you are doing today, to those who hear his voice and follow him, Jesus says he gives eternal life. Those who hear his voice and follow him will never perish. Let that sink in for a minute. You will never perish. 
truly incredible because everyone among us dies. It's a fact. To suggest that those who follow Jesus will never perish is about as absurd as the claim that Jesus made that he's one with the Father. But here again, Easter is Jesus' vindication. Before you can give eternal life, you have to have eternal life. You have to possess it in order to give it away. And in his resurrection, Jesus shows that that's what he has. He has eternal life, and he has that gift to give to you. Not even death can take away eternal life from him, which is what makes his promise of security, of comfort, of peace, so comforting for us. No one will snatch them out of my hand, Jesus says. He says to that, that to those who follow him, not even if you're driving through the valley of the shadow of death, to, to be in the hands of the risen one, the one who is with the Father, is to be safe. It's to be secure for all of eternity. It's hard to imagine a more comforting promise than that. This past week or this past month or this year or, or maybe even this morning, you might be thinking to yourself, man, I am in a valley. I'm in a valley right now. It's a place that's dark. It's full of dread. You're worried. You're anxious. You don't know how to get out of it or get through it. It's a dark time. It's a dark day. But Jesus promises to us today, have us praying this instead. Thank you, Lord, that I can acknowledge that I'm in a valley, first of all. I can't see whatever might be around the corner or in the shadows. And when that happens, my imagination starts to run wild and that anxious fear starts to creep up again. But four words. Thou art with me. I am not alone. You are one with the Father, Jesus, and you have promised me that nothing or no one will ever snatch me out of your hand, out of your tight grip. There are mountains in my life, Jesus. There are huge situations or relationships that don't change, sometimes they make my life seem pretty dark. Sure, some of them might be my imagination, but they're real to me, and they make me edgy and anxious and guarded. They loom before me. I, I can't seem to get any distance on them as I walk through this valley, but four words. Thou art with me. Jesus, you don't condemn me for my fear or worry or anxiety. You will not leave me to find my own way through these mountains. You know the way, and together we will keep walking all the way through the valley of the shadow of death to the other side. Because I will never be snatched out of your tight grip. In Jesus' name, amen.